Greetings and welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast from Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship each week. I'm Diana Sanchez-Bouchong, Executive Director of Worship Resources and Director of Music Ministries. I'm Derek Weber, Director of Preaching Ministries. I'm Lisa Hancock, Director of Worship Arts. And I'm LaShonda Evans, Worship Team Coordinator. During this time of transition from virtual to online and hybrid worship, the worship team has endeavored to provide conversations that inspire worship teams and leaders to seize this moment and realize the opportunities before the church finding ways to help those worshiping with us to re-engage and shape the church we are becoming. In episode 78 of Worship Matters, our end of the year, beginning of the year reflections, we made mention of a new project called the Compelling Preaching Initiative. The initiative is a grant-funded project, and our own Derek Weber is the project director. So we wanted to find out more and talk about what we might see in the future and how this will integrate with the work of the worship team at Discipleship Ministries. Let's start with something simple. What is the Compelling Preaching Initiative and how did we get involved in it here at Discipleship Ministries? The Compelling Preaching Initiative came from the Lilly Foundation and uh, they they sponsor all kinds of religious research and study and projects. They're very involved in in supporting of the church. But we got a contact from the Lilly Foundation in April, sometime after Easter last year, inviting us to participate in this project called the Compelling Preaching Initiative. It was a two-phase grant-funded proposal. And we had to submit a proposal by the end of June and then the final proposal by the 1st of September asking us to reflect on what is compelling preaching and how we can help preachers who are out there working week after week be more compelling in their preaching. So we had to submit a a proposal for some research that we did over the course of the summer, talking to preachers and congregations, and then submit the proposal about how we were going to respond to that. The Compelling Preaching Initiative is about helping preachers in the pulpit. It's not about going back to seminary and starting all over again. It's a continuing ed, a support, a a network of ways we have of helping preachers preach. So before we talk about the specifics and what you'll be working on, tell us why compelling, Derek. (laughs) How are you defining that description of preaching Mm -hmm. and what does it mean for the local church? Great question. Almost thought I wrote it. Anyway, (laughs) the the reason I wanted to talk about this is because when I first got the email from Lily, I misread it and I thought it was talking about effective preaching. We have Mm. lots of things out there talking about effective preaching, Mm. and it is so hard to nail down what makes preaching effective and what are we looking for and end results and all of that kind of stuff. And so I I almost just rejected it, said, nah, I don't want to really be involved with that. But then I took another look, and they don't use the word effective, although there is that idea that effectiveness is involved in this somehow. But instead, they 
They named it the Compelling Preaching Initiative. So we had to do some soul-searching here at Discipleship Ministries, and every agency that's involved in this grant-funded project also spent some time reflecting. I got connected with a couple of other groups who are also doing this initiative and, and worked with them a little bit, so we have some shared understanding about it. I did what a lot of academics do. I went back and I looked at the word itself. Where does it come from? The whole idea of compelling or compel implies movement of some sort. We are moving something. And so I began to, to reflect on the idea that compelling preaching is preaching that moves us. And I think it moves us in two directions. Good or compelling preaching moves us in two directions. First, it moves us in, into the moment of preaching. We are drawn in. There are some preachers that when we hear them, just like some speakers, some entertainers, some storytellers, that when they when they speak, we just lean in. We wanna we wanna hear more. We want mm-hmm. so we're drawn into that. That's that movement from being separate, connected, maybe even skeptical or disconnected somehow with what's going on to being a part of something that's going on. So we're being moved in. But if that's the only part of compelling, then then what we're talking about is preaching that's entertaining, Mm -hmm. that captures our attention, that gathers us up. So there's another part of moving, and that is moving outward then. So we first we move in to the preaching moment, and then from the preaching moment, we move out. And that could be all kinds of things. It could be actual activities that we engage in because of the preaching moment. It could be transformative things that happen within us, and a new way of thinking about that. So preaching that leads to transformation is compelling in some sort. And so we began to ask the question of congregations, of laity who are listening to preaching, and said, what have you done differently or thought differently because of the preaching that you've heard? And that gave us sort of a baseline to understand what what compelling preaching might be. We started with, in our research phase last summer, we started with preachers that had a good reputation, that were spoken well of. And we went and talked to both the preachers about what they're trying to do and what's going on. And we talked to congregations asking that very question. Do you feel drawn in? And how do you describe that? And do you feel sent out? Do you Mm -hmm. feel transformed or in the process of transformation, no one sermon is going to fix everything or change (laughs) anybody uh, instantaneously, although the Holy Spirit can do all kinds of miraculous things, I suppose. But but it's more a process. Are you open to, are you ready to engage in some sort of activity? Are you going to do something or be something or think something because of what you are hearing from Mm -hmm. your preacher? So that's how we're understanding compelling preaching, preaching that draws us in, makes something of the moment, but then also sends us out into a new understanding, a new way of living, a new kingdom experience or expression of our faith. Wow. And I've heard you speak about the preacher being in dialogue, and what you're saying right now really speaks to that, that it's not something we just receive and then do nothing with, if you will, but it's a dialogue back and forth, the preacher and the congregation, the congregation and the world. So it has so many levels to it. I don't know if you mentioned, but this Lily Project is a five-year project for us. So tell us a little bit about what you see 
how you're starting this this year and what people can look for in the coming months. Okay. First of all, you're right. It is it is a five-year grant-funded project. But Lily's hope is that it continues even beyond the five year, that we that we start some things in process that they're going to help us fund, mm-hmm. but that we are su- able to sustain it beyond the five years. And that they said that's one of the things they'll be looking at even early on in the project. What are you doing in order to continue to do this? So we're hoping to put into place some things that will continue on even beyond the, the initial five-year period. We talk about, and I say we, we talk about those of us in the project and discipleship ministries as a whole, get to that in a moment, but, but we talk about two areas of responses in this project, and those are the areas of resources and relationships. We want to create some resources that enable preachers on their own or in small groups or cohorts to reflect on their preaching and their preaching practice. And then we also want to create relationships where where people will understand that preaching can be, has often been, a very solitary experience. Preachers on their own, doing their own thing. But we're trying to get across the idea that says preaching together, preaching in relationship, working with others, even in the preparation of preaching. That's a continuation of this dialogue idea that you brought up, Diana. Certainly the preaching moment is dialogical in that we are wanting to engage with the hearer, not just preach at them. But we want to argue that the preparation, the planning for preaching can be dialogical as well, both with congregations, but also with other preachers. So what we want to begin with then are in both of those areas, the resources and relationships. In terms of relationships, we hope to gather over the course of the first half of 2023 a group of folks that we will train and talk about how to be good preaching coaches. And then we will deploy them across the denomination as a way of engaging with preachers, particularly preachers that may be identified by district superintendents or, or others of, of needing, hoping, wanting some help in terms of their preaching ministry. And so we have some folks who will then be available to do that. And we see that on one level as a one-on-one, a coaching partnership where a preacher will come alongside a, another preacher, maybe a newer preacher who, who hasn't had the experiences and needs to know more about that. But we hope to start with a small cohort, maybe six or eight preachers that we will then make available through our denominational structures for preachers to connect with. But we also hope to continue after that first cohort, then we'll gather another cohort and we'll keep doing that until we have lots of preachers in lots of different settings who are making themselves available to be in partnership with other preachers so that no one has to feel like they've got to do this on their own. Mm-hmm. And will there be a way for people to self-nominate that, you know? No, certainly, certainly. We will make available these folks and, and there'll be a system. We haven't got all the bugs worked out yet, but there'll be a system for contacting us here at Discipleship Ministries or the individual preaching coaches themselves once they're, once they're available. There may be people they know that they will reach out to or can be reached out to. So certainly there'll be lots of ways of making that contact. And as we go forward and they're more and more available, then, then we'll open up even more ways of getting in touch with those folks. At the same time, on the other side, the resources side, 
we want to create a series of videos that become foundational then to a lot of teaching tools, systems that we have set up down the road. These preaching videos are designed to be short, two to three minute social media, TikTok-like <laughs> videos that are going to talk about a specific aspect of preaching. Just have you thought about, we're calling them Hey Preacher videos. Hey Preacher, have you considered this? And, and they're just designed to be discussion starters or thought starters to give people some things to think about. The first ones that I'm working on now, writing scripts for, are talking about how do you prepare for preaching? What do you need to do? What's the background to get ready to preach? And some of it may be common knowledge stuff that everybody knows, but to put it all together and, and to see them as a way of saying, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've neglected that piece. I, I don't spend as much time in prayer before mm-hmm. I preach that I ought to spend. Just ways of thinking about that. And we hope to have a whole lot of these short videos that we'll put on our website, put on various social media things just available. Anybody can view them and just to see what the take-up is. But then we'll gather them together under themes and create e-courses that individual preachers can take that will cover certain areas, aspects of preaching, preparation for preaching, sermon structure, delivery issues, all those kinds of things that we'll, we will create these courses that individuals can then sign up and take online at their own speed to do their own thing with. But then we have another level where we're hoping to put a number of these subject matter courses together into a larger course and invite people to take simultaneously so that we create a collection of preachers who are working on things together. Mm. Not unlike the D-Men model, where you, mm. you work together with some folks on some certain things. Not that there's a degree here, but there's a practice that's, that's coming out of this. All the way up to then creating recreating the academy of preaching that we that dm has had for years as a as a ongoing process where folks will sign up for two or three year program to engage in a whole lot of different areas about preaching and at the end of that this we're hoping that those who have completed the academy preaching become the next group of coaches who then go Mm -hmm. out and so then it becomes self-perpetuating as as we continue to create more and more contacts with that so again, resources and relationships that we, we want to give people things that they could do on their own, but also invitations and opportunities to come together, to work with other preachers, to recognize our need to be the connection that we've talked about, but even on the level of preaching and worship. Wow, Derek. <laughs> I am just... I'm amazed at what all you are giving to us today. There are so many different elements that go into the pot to create this work that you are doing. And I just think it's great. So let's go back to that whole relationship component. Who have you developed a relationship? Who's working with you on the compelling preaching team and who will be working with you? Nobody. It's just me. All by <laughs> I'm, doing, oh, no. I'm doing the whole thing. <laughs> myself. <laughs> Sometimes it feels that way. You have to have a team. Yeah. <laughs> we does. do have yeah. a team. We, we, we do have a team. And that's, and that's part of what I wanted to make sure everybody understood, particularly those on this podcast. You're on the team. <laughs> Diana and Lisa and LaShonda, you're all on the team. This is a Disciples Ministries project. 
And while it's focused on preaching and and I'm the project director, we're going to need everybody to be involved Mm. in this. One of the things that Lily asked us, asked all the agencies who were applying for this grant was, how does this fit into the overall ministry of the agency or the institution or whatever it is that was asking for that? So it's not just an add-on that they worried would then be forgotten down the road. So This stuff that we've been talking about are things that we have been talking about in the worship team ever since I got here. So for for three years or four years now, we've been talking about how to get these things happen. So everybody's on the team, and we're going to find different ways to plug people in, to be available, and to make connections with preachers as a way of of connecting with the institution as a whole, beyond the organization, beyond the agency of discipleship ministries. However, we do have some specific folks who are on on our team. We'll be collecting some more. Like I said, one of our first tasks would be to collect a group of those that we will work together to train to become coaches for preaching. And some of these are are experienced preachers who have been working, and some of them have even been working as coaches, but this is just a way of collecting them and, and getting their names out. So they'll be a part of the team. We also have, working with us here at Discipleship Ministries, Naomi Annandale, who's, who's from our research and evaluation team. She's the one who helps us think about how are we going to follow up? How are we going to stay connected to what the results are? Are we really achieving the goals that we have? Are we paying attention to to what people are telling us, and and are we adapting and growing along that? She was very instrumental in helping us put together the proposal, and so she continues to be an active part of the project. Elsa Suarez, also from Stakeholder Relationships, her degree is in instructional design, mm-hmm. and so she's going to be helpful. She also was helpful in the proposal process, but she's already on board to help us as we put together the courses. How are we going to work them out, both the e-courses and the in-person courses. How are we going to make the best use of people's time? Because everybody's time is somewhat limited, and so we want to make sure that they are well done and they they provide all of that sort of stuff. Then I'm hoping we'll create a, a cadre of homileticians from the seminaries. Another piece of the resource issue are some videos that I hope to create of conversation with teachers of preaching that may focus on some specific issues, but maybe just a a larger random conversation about preaching in general. And these also will become some of the fodder for the courses that we'll be teaching. So we'll be tapping into some of those who are teaching in the seminaries. Again, not to usurp what they're doing, taking away the the great work that they're doing in the seminaries, but helping to spread that a little further and to be reminders of, of folks on there. So we have a lot of people involved in the process, and and who knows who else will be involved as we go forward. So we know that some of our listeners are preaching on a weekly basis, and others of our listeners may only preach occasionally or not at all. So Derek, how, how do you imagine who is this project for, and how can the laity be involved in this project? Great question. Um, I guess the first answer that I like to give is that it's for everybody, because you know, we're all interested <laughs> in preaching. Anybody who's connected to the church 
on, on a regular basis of, of any sort knows how important preaching is. All of the statistical information, all the sociological resource says that people still value good preaching. Mm-hmm. District superintendents will tell you that when they go to a church looking at an appointment change or, or finding a new pastor, one of the first things that the committees or the church as a whole will say is, we want someone who can preach well. So so it's very important for everyone, certainly for for preachers, whether they're regular preachers or occasional preachers. This is, gives them an opportunity to reflect on this thing that we do that is so central to the life of the church as it is now configured and also changing in so many ways, even for, for those of us who went to seminaries a year or two ago <laughs> and having to relearn how preaching works today. So it's an opportunity for us to reflect on that process. And there are laity in the pews who want to be able to speak. We have lay speaking schools and, and all kinds of opportunities for, for laity to stand up and, and speak. And, and so this would be an opportunity for them to enhance that training to think about if they have any inclination at all to want to do that. But beyond that, even if they say, well, I'm not, I'm not a preacher, I don't intend to preach, but you are a listener of preaching or an encourager. How can we train laity if, as Diana reminded us, if preaching is indeed a dialogue, then we have to think about all the partners in this conversation. And one of the things I think the Compelling Preaching Initiative is trying to do or hoping to do is to not just train preachers, but to train hearers, train congregations on how to hear preaching, how to engage with preaching, how to how to be a part of that. But then that word encouraging is also important to me as well. One of the things that I hope, even from the, the Hey Preacher videos, those, those very brief, short videos that we want to create as foundational materials, we hope not to just be instructional, but also to be affirming, to be supportive, to say at the beginning and end of each of those videos, thank you for what you're doing. We appreciate the work that you do. You are not alone. All of those kinds of things. It's a way of saying that the preacher has a support network from the institution, from discipleship ministries and the Compelling Preaching Initiative, but also within the congregation. And so how do we create opportunities for for congregations to participate in this, this process? We've got a lot to learn, <laughs> lots of different directions to go in all of this, and it's going to take some time to get all these things in place. But we also have high ideals and high hopes about what will come out of this, uh, an energizing, a reinvigorating of the pulpit in our local churches, because we need something to raise our, our, our vision, our hope, our morale, and we think preaching can be a part of all of that process. Amen. Wow. Yeah. And uh, something that you didn't mention earlier that I, I just know about is that there were 32 different organizations and, and uh, denominational entities that also received, or a total of 32, I think it was, received this compelling preaching grant from Lilly, which I think shows that their dedication to raising up, as you say, the level of preaching, but also the level of engagement with mm-hmm. the congregation. I think it it can really have a n- tremendous impact. And it's so exciting. 
So I'm thinking if I'm a listener right now and excited about this, how do I, do I email you, Derek or LaShonda? <laughs> who, and, and one other thing that just came into my brain is that what should I be reading right now if I'm going to prepare mm. for what you have coming up? And I know you're always reading something. So <laughs> could you share with us a book or two and that just kind of, you know, helps helps people prepare? Certainly. I, I in, in response to the, the first part of that, certainly email, email me if you want to have a further conversation. I'd be happy to talk to anybody about this. There are 32 agencies already at work, but Lily started a second phase of applying for grants. And so there may be even more who are doing that. Lily sees preaching as a central element of the revitalization of the church in, in this country. And so they're hoping to, to have as many opportunities as possible to, to do this beefing up kind of process. But let me, let me share just two things that, that I am recommending these days to, to preachers to think about. One is a, is a few years old now, is written by David Lowe's. It's called Preaching at the Crossroads. It is a book that I came across a few years back that made me stop and think, what is it that we're trying to do? And how has preaching changed and how does it need to change in the future? It's a very all-encompassing. It's not a homiletical text on how to prepare good sermons. It, it raises lots of questions. So called Preaching at the Crossroads, written by David Lowe's, who used to be at Luther Seminary in Minneapolis. Now he's a, a full-time pastor in a Lutheran church in Minneapolis. And, and we actually have a podcast where I interviewed him and talked about that. The other one is a, is a new book that I just got, written by a young homiletician. And oddly enough, they all seem young homileticians to me these days. But um, <laughs> Well, that's but, another story. Yeah, well, <laughs> we won't go into that. But it's written by Jacob Myers, and it's called Stand Up Preaching. And I hope to do a podcast with him in the future. But it's about what preachers can learn from stand-up comedians. Now, if you pick up the book, Stand Up Preaching by Jacob Myers, you might think, oh, it's going to give me a bunch of jokes to tell. No, it's not about that at all. It's about how to rethink preaching. That's what the Compelling Preaching Initiative is about. Yeah, we hope to give some, some tips and some ideas and some practical hands-on kinds of things. But more than that, we just want people to take seriously the preaching moment and, mm -hmm. and to think about what it is that we're trying to do. How are we trying to draw people in? How are we trying to create this moment? One of the things that our postmodern world talks about is the experience. What is the mm. experience in the moment? And do we miss that experience by not paying attention to good techniques and good presentation and things that we can learn in that? But also, how do we then put people on a path toward transformation? So how do we send people out? What do we want to have happen? That's a question I always ask when I do a, uh, a preaching course or a workshop or something. Somewhere along the line, I'll say, when you're preparing your sermon, somewhere on your notes, you write the word, so what? Mm -hmm. And if by the time you finish preparing your sermon, you can't answer that question, <laughs> then you don't have a sermon. You're not ready to go. What do you want to have happen because you preached this? What do you expect to go out of this? We're not just filling time mm -hmm. on Sunday morning. We're, we're advancing the kingdom of God. And so how, how does that happen with that? 
And then to ask the question with your staff afterwards, did that come across? You know, mm-hmm. that, that whole... Oh, well, yeah. Evaluation is so important. We, we just are, we're usually just on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's why the initiative and being involved in whatever levels when courses become available is an opportunity to step back and then reflect on the mm-hmm. process and think about that. Not just an individual sermon, although that may be the case study around which we work, but it's also about preaching in general. What what can happen? What do we think will happen because we preached? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Derek and, and uh, worship team for spending this time talking about this very exciting project. And Derek, we're going to pray that you get enough sleep these next five years because you <laughs> seem to have a lot on your plate and we're here to help. You know that That's we are right. here mm-hmm. and we enjoy working with you so much. And I want to thank people who are tuning in today. Thanks for joining us. And we hope this has been helpful to you. Remember that you can find more information at our website, umcdiscipleship.org. We want you to tell us what you think, so send us an email. Until next time, we will be praying for and with you and your congregation. May God continue to bless your worship ministry as you make disciples for the transformation of the world. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.